It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, February 15th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's talking Flyers versus Leafs. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. You can find us over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Flyers did have practice yesterday, Russ, and uh, missing, which put us into a little bit of a panic momentarily, was Owen Tippett and Jamie Drysdale. Uh, Tort said they had maintenance days. So we will hold him at his word on that front, which kind of makes sense, um, you know, especially with uh, Tippett having been hurt. You know, it's it's good to give him a little bit of rest. I get it with Tippett. I'm a little concerned with Drysdale because it's not like I've seen him playing inordinate minutes or too many block shots or, or, or what have you. So there's probably something a little bit nagging with Drysdale. I don't know that for sure. I'm just saying I, I don't yeah. see what would it be with him. Well, and I think that's the question. And, and you know, we've been talking about it on the show in terms of this is the time of the year, especially with all these blocked shots, that, yes. that the Flyers are getting banged up a little bit. And so maybe guys are having maintenance days as an extra precaution here. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, there also could have been something with Drysdale contractually with, you know, he hadn't had the maintenance, maintenance days in Anaheim, um, you know, and with the trade, it threw things off. So that is possible as well, but Maybe. I never heard about him though. He, he's a younger yeah. guy. I just, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. But in the meantime, I think the bigger question um, on hand was about Tyson Forster because, you know, he had been out. Um, and from what we know, based on yesterday's practice notes, um, you know, he's still going to be out, I think, in this game versus Toronto. Um, They don't expect anything long term. But now I'm starting to worry that maybe he's not going to be in the stadium series game. Well, if he misses Toronto, you can't put him in the stadium series game. And I'll tell you why. It's a bad game to come back from injury for, especially if you are going to block shots and do it outside. That's where, you know, no offense, but that's where you want to call up somebody and say, you know, understudy, you know, like remember the uh, Flintstones when they had that Fred had to do all the hard work and the big star was <laughs> never getting hurt. That's when you want to call up somebody and and have that defenseman sort of step in for that. So nothing worse happens, not defenseman, but just player. Um, so you just get some forward, you know, and again, it can't be like Zell now because you just brought him up and down, up and down, but it'd be an opportunity for maybe Brink or someone like that. You throw him in the outdoor game. I get it. It'd be nice to have Forrester in that game, you know, just because it's a nice game, but the risk of injury goes up greatly. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a really good point here. 
Um, and I do wonder if that's going to be the same case for Rasmus Ristolainen, because, you know, they're less specific and less knowledgeable about what's going on with him at the moment. Uh, they don't have a timetable uh, as of, you know, last we heard before recording here. And um, I think, you know, given that Risto had greatly improved a, a little bit, um, but at the same time, we've had this glut of defensemen in here and that Torts had been playing 11-7 just to get these guys in. Like, how does this affect everything right now? It's a good question. I think um, he's not going to play in the outdoor game. I don't. Because, again, uh, I feel like whatever it is is that's nagging and they said no timetable. This is only a couple days away now. So I just, yeah. I don't feel like he's going to be in there. So in the meantime, uh, at media availability after practice yesterday, Torts was asked specifically about the blue line related to all this uh, because uh, they had been using that 11-7 to get these guys in, but they continued to do that, putting stall back in, mm -hmm. creating the 11-7 lines uh, like we had versus the Yotes in the last game and so you know you have to wonder how is this going to play out for a really important game against the Leafs but to your point it's also a setup for the outdoor game like how do you right. handle that they're both you know actually the, the outdoor game is more important in the standings um but right. they're both important and I think I I think they're going to do the 11-7 it's almost a guarantee. So I think 11 is going all the way through now. And I'd be surprised if it's anything else. Yeah, I think that's a very likely scenario, even though Tortorella won't necessarily say it. But I, I also think that... He doesn't want to say it because he knows that there's a... Um, that there's some negativity involved with that from, from everybody from the outside. Now... They did win their last few with it, so maybe maybe they're 500 with 11-7. But I can't even tell you, for all the outdoor games that I've been to and then others that I've seen, I don't think any team's ever played 11-7 outdoors. I can tell you that. Yeah, I, I, that is a really good question to ask. I don't think it's happened either from my memory uh, of thinking about it. Um, especially, you know, they want to try and get as many guys in as they can. Like, yeah forward wise as well. And, um, you know, I think it, against the devil's team, which is very fast, you want faster guys in this game. So to me, uh, I'm thinking, why is stall going to be in against the Leafs who are very fast and very strong offensively and the devils who are very fast and very strong. Well, offensively. Outdoor is a bit of an equalizer. So someone like stall can survive that as long as he can keep the puck from not bouncing over his stick, that's probably more of a concern than, than the speed part against the Leafs hundred percent warranted. Like I just, it's a bad idea. Right. Well, but if you're saying it has to be the same lineup for both. No, games. I know I said, it's most likely going to be, yeah. Unless they are going to call up somebody or, you know, unless they are going to call up another forward. I, I think it's most likely going to be, well, I mean, technically I'm going to have to retract they what I can't. said. can't. They, no, no, but with Sal, they never sent back. So they could still Correct. use them. I, I just, my mind wasn't thinking about that earlier when I made the statement, but Lixell could get inserted in there. Yeah, they just know. can't bring up anybody else because they're no. at 23. 
on their right. roster right now. They would have to send somebody down. But I mean, at this point, you know, if Tyson Forster isn't going to play against the Leafs and you want to keep the same lineup for the Leafs and the outdoor game, then you got to put Lexell in both. And even then, that gives you an 11 7 lineup because you're not calling anybody else up. Yeah, no, that's true, actually, because Lexell was in the last 11 7. Yep. Yeah, see, that's it, it screws me up. It does because I just, my brain does not think that way normally. So, yeah, if Forster doesn't play, they're going to, that's what they're going to be doing. Yeah, unless they want to put Delorier back in. That's the oh, only yeah, other. see, that's the other. Delorier, they might put in outside. Yeah, but I think if you have Delorier, why do you need Stall? I don't disagree, but I just think outside, maybe they'll plug Delorier in. That's what they might do for that. Yeah, this is a very interesting puzzle for the It is. It's a, it's a hard puzzle because I keep waffling. I feel bad for the listeners because I'm waffling back and forth, but it's just that none of these circumstances are normal. Not ideal, let's say. No, it's not ideal at all. Yeah, like the ideal scenario is Tyson Forrester is good to go and is in both games. And then right. we don't really have these questions. But I I do think that um, you do. You, you're right. You do want to have the same lineup for both games. I'm assuming that Urson's going to play both of them and uh, we're good to go, right? Yeah, yeah, we'll see. All right. Well, we'll see what John Tortorella decides to do and if we get any hints. In the lineup, he ices against the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight, and we will talk about that coming up next. Our sponsor today is Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another better prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees Camino is offering a digital seminar for families and couples. Did your Valentine's gift of tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hoped? Get the couples and family online seminar for 25% off for the month of February using the discount code locked on. Again, that's discount code locked on for 25% off the rest of the month at www.caminoconsulting.ca or mention locked on when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. On tomorrow's show, we will recap this Leafs game that we are talking about right now. And then also we'll have a stadium series preview. A very exciting weekend ahead coming up. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, it feels like we haven't played the Leafs in a century. And that is true because it is the first game against the Leafs this season. The first of three. They're playing again March 14th and 19th, which is after the trade deadline. Uh, we talked about the biggest news with the Leafs as of late with the Morgan Riley suspension. Um, that was part of a 5-3 to three loss to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, of course, that 5 in the 5-3 to three was the empty net goal by Ridley Gregg that started all of this. Oh, yeah. But uh, other than that, you know, they, they managed to come back decisively in their next game, winning 4-1 to one against the Blues. Uh, Bobby McMahon, out of nowhere, uh, gets a hattie. Good for him. Um, but I think that there was definitely an edge to the Leafs game in that matchup against St. Louis. And I feel like the Flyers at least benefited by not being the next game after all that went down. And the suspension that at least against the Flyers, they are kind of settled as to, you know, how that 
uh, played out. I I believe that Morgan Riley was appealing the suspension, but it doesn't uh, matter. He's gonna. Get it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing in that game against St. Louis for the Leafs is that both John Tavares and Mitch Marner were out due to the flu. That so, was a big deal. Like they, yeah. they won decisively even with that. So I get what you're saying about being the other team, except when you're now the Flyers, those guys are likely going to be in the lineup. Um, so they have their core four back in, well, core three back in, in shape. Anyhow, I don't think the uh, suspension means right that the appeal means Riley's going to play in that game. I mean, weirder things right. have happened, but I, I don't, I just don't anticipate it, but this is going to be a tough game though, because now the Leafs are kind of like that wounded animal in the corner and yeah. um, they're, they're banding together. And that's now that's a, that's a tough thing. You'd have been better off facing the sleepier Leafs of a few games ago who, you know, lost <laughs> to Ottawa. Now they're sort of like, you know, awake and mad. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, given where they are in the standings, we actually talked about this a little bit this week as well with the Flyers playoff position that they need to be in the top three because the Atlantic division wildcard teams are so strong. The Leafs are the top of those wildcard teams right. Uh, right now. The Flyers are two points up on the Leafs, but the Leafs have three games in hand. So it like this is important for both teams uh, i think in this scenario um the leafs are one point uh behind the tampa bay lightning for that three spot but they also have games in hand on tampa so they are battling to get back into the top three in their division and the points matter for all of them uh, they've been a little inconsistent but to your point maybe this was the inciting incident to rally those troops yeah, I mean, their goaltending hasn't been great, but Sam Sonoff has sort of reeled it back in a little bit. He'll be out if he's going to play. They really don't want to play him. Uh, he's a big kid. He's like 6'7". Um, right. If the Flyers saw him, that would be a break, but I don't think they're going to. I think he is the just-in-case-something-goes-wrong guy. He's 6'6", 230. He's a big guy, man. So I don't think we're going to see him. I, I This is an interesting game, though, because this is one where – you would say, oh, you know, and, and they're going to play Reeves. And that's another thing. Reeves had stopped mm -hmm. playing and now he's going to play. So, you know, fact is the Flyers are going to probably put Delorier back into this game just because of that factor, which I think slows them down and makes them worse. But he's going to have the one fight. But I think it's almost a guarantee that it happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting because when I was trying to predict the Leafs lines, I kind of took the forwards from two games ago against Ottawa because Tavares and Marner were in. But the defensemen from the last game, you know, because of Riley being out um, to kind of like Frankenstein this. And um, it's tough either way, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the Leafs have some injuries. And so... That's why Reeves is in because he was out for a while. Like they just stopped using him. Yeah. But you can see the fourth line, you know, McMahon is, you know, a guy that's been in and out, though he has a little bit of goal scoring ability and he's a bigger player. But you can see this is a weakened lineup, but their top six is what you have to watch out for. Their top six is elite, and you've got to be up for that challenge. And this is where I don't think not having Risto kills them in this one, but I will also say it's probably better if they had um, physical defensemen in there than what they're going to have in stall. Who's not really mobile or that physical unless you get around the net. So I think they might end up missing Risto in this one. Well, and that's where I think if Risto is indeed going to be out, 
that's when they move kind of the sealer walker pairing up into the second pairing here and give them more minutes because sealer is going to be more physical, even though he's not the same kind of physical. I, I just kind of see them getting more minutes there. It's possible. Uh, although I'll say if they have to go up against the Tavares, Nylander, Bertuzzi line, uh, that's nightmare really, fuel. Yeah, nightmare fuel. That's really pushing it for, you know, what they might be able to do. So that it's a little scary. Yeah. And that's why it's such a challenge to play the Leafs because they have uh, such a good top six and that there's two lines you have to worry about. Right. And that... they have the last change, not the Flyers. That's the other part. If it was yeah. if it was in Philly, you could manage it a little better. Right. Well, luckily, the other two games against the Leafs are at home right. for, for the Flyers. But uh, yeah, like... <sighs> I just, Tavares also burns the Flyers a lot. He does. And so, I mean, maybe he'll have some residual symptoms from the flu and won't be his usual self, but. Um, if he's playing, he's. John Charles, I know. You know, you know what's going to, you know what to expect. He's played a bajillion games against the Flyers. There's no, you know, mistaking what he, what he brings. But the thing is like, you know, no offense to uh, Travis Sandheim, but this is his biggest challenge of the year trying to keep Austin Matthews off the board because he's going to be in the, in and around the crease area. And, you know, he's a big, strong guy who's got a great shot and that's going to be the biggest challenge in the game. Right. And that's where I wonder if the flyers are going to make some changes to the top six, because I think they're going to want to put Couturier out there against that line. Right. Yeah, probably. But but is it right to quote unquote like burn Owen Tippett and Travis Konechny? But I mean, they they can do well against this line. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying like, would they put Tippett and Konechny out against that line when those are your two top dynamic goal scorers? Right? You would might want to split them up so that one of them might have more of a chance to score against a different line. I mean, it's a thought. I mean, I think they'll probably start it normally. And then maybe it gets put into the line blender if they have a problem. Um, but it's a thought. I mean, it's and it's a good thought. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good question. Yeah. The same. I, I just don't know that that's what they'll end up doing because they may want to keep that top line stacked too, which is also, I think, a, a valid strategy here. But I do think it creates some opportunity for Joel Farabee in this game because mm -hmm. he's he's been playing really well, um, not scoring a ton of goals, but creating chances He's been, you know, skating with the puck really well. And I just feel like there's a space in here in this game for him to play really well. Yeah, I mean, if if Farabee sees himself against the third pairing for the Leafs, that's a good matchup. Uh, not sure that that's going to happen often, but mm -hmm. that could be that could be really good because even the second pairing, which isn't very strong right now for the Leafs, you still have McCabe and McCabe's pretty physical. And so that's where, but that third one is definitely one that you could take advantage of. I think it's also possible to rotate Scott Lawton up to the wing on the same line as Paling and Hathaway and create something there and then have Cates and Lixel kind of be the extra forwards and have Cates in the center rotation. For well, Pale. yeah, I mean, that's what ended up happening Last game and Lixel, yeah. Lixel only got four and a half minutes. So that's likely what is going to happen. Lawton will end up replacing whoever is getting outmatched um, for that top nine. 
We'll see what happens with the Flyers lineup here, but it is going to be a tough game and kind of the dual purpose of a tune-up for the outdoor game makes it a challenge for the Flyers like we just talked about uh, earlier in the show. Uh, But we do know the Leafs uh, are excellent goal scorers and it's just about preventing those shots. So I I predict a lot of blocked shots in this one as well. They're going to try, but this is a team that even if you try and go down to block a shot, they'll go around you. Like they're not the easiest team to just block shots. Yeah, that is true. All right. uh, We have one more segment to go and it is a draft eligible prospect profile of Zane Pareka, um, who is a really intriguing defenseman uh, up for this year's draft. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, and with their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over your tickets and start getting excited for the fun you'll have. My favorite parts of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about flash deals, plus you can get that all-important view from your seats. They've got deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and up to an hour after it starts. So it's the place to find your last minute seat. Also, the tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code LOCKEDON for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league like Locked On NHL. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. So uh, Zane Pareka is a right-handed defenseman and uh happy birthday zane yeah it's your 18th birthday today total coincidence total when we coincidence. picked him i was i had no idea <laughs> it was just funny uh so yes he is already 18 years old as of today a uh, six foot 181 pounds plays for saginaw in the ohl who is a very strong team mm-hmm. yeah he's good i mean i go through these things where i have um groupings and right now he's in a grouping of defensemen that I think he can move up from but I just I I look at him and I'm like I I I like his skating uh his size is good it's not like you know super big or anything but it's not a problem he's got an accurate one-timer when he's on the power play he'll go to either side I like that he can make a cross-ice pass he can play in all situations so he's a really valuable guy and so he's a guy that as an example, you know, if the Flyers wanted to get him based on what's happening now, it would be tough. Mm-hmm. They might have to, you know, trade up to do it. So that's, you know, I'm not sure there's any other way unless, you know, all of a sudden the Flyers collapse down the stretch and their their picking position gets a lot worse or better, I should say. Um, so that's that's where this guy is definitely a guy that would be on their list and would be somebody they'd be interested in but getting them would be the hard part. Yeah. And I think that what he's done recently has made him move up in a lot of people's eyes. Um, He has points in 14 of his last 15 games that he's played. He's at 1.51 points per game this season. Overall, he's fifth overall in points in the OHL 
a couple behind uh, Barky, actually. So, you know, he's up there, you know, as a defenseman. Yes. With some of the best of them. And uh, I would say like the one dang on him right now is that he gets into some extracurriculars that can get him in trouble. He had a two game suspension in January as a result of that. And so um, like guys don't like playing against him, which can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your perspective. No, it's it's, you know, most of the time, I'd say that's a, a, a very good thing. Um and, you know, I hear a lot of debate between, like, you know, Sam Dickinson and him and maybe why he's better. And I don't know. I kind of I kind of go back and forth about it. Um, he has more points. Sure. Um, but, you know, points aren't everything. And as an example, like Dickinson, 6'3", right now he's 190. He'll probably be 220. So there's that, too. Uh you know, Pareka might have a little better hockey sense. He, he's a really good defenseman. Like, he's going to move up on my yeah. list at least a few more spots. Um, so I think, you know, top 15 is a guarantee. Top 10 is a possibility, depending on if everybody all of a sudden starts taking a defenseman. And, and so that's, you know, that's where the Flyers, you know, are going to have to decide, you know, is there a deal to be made? Can they do something to get him? If they want right. if they target him. And it feels like, based on everything we've heard, that the Flyers are likely to want to go for a defenseman in yeah. their first pick of the, the first round this year. And uh, it was just intriguing to me because Preka was ranked as high as four and as low as 21 in these early rankings that are out there. And that was a pretty wide swath for a first round eligible pick. It is. I don't think he's going to go in either place. That's the funny thing. It's right. going to be, it really is going to be somewhere in between. Um, he was good in the top prospects game. So that's something where uh, he looked good on a, on a big stage, but yeah, I just think he's the kind of guy that when you see more, you're like, Oh, look, I don't know if I saw this before, so I'm going to move him up and he's going to move up more than he's going to move down. So that's a definite. Yeah. I just, I like the qualities he has. I like that he's very offensive minded, but he seems to be also defensively responsible. Like he's not the greatest defensive defenseman, but he is very responsible in his play. Right. He's definitely got to keep the pims down though. Cause that's something where, um, yeah. you know, if you want him to be, and let's say he's a second pairing defenseman, right? I mean, I think there's a good likelihood that that happens. Well then he, you know, he can't be taking as many penalties as he has. As an example, you know, Dickinson's taken, he's got 24 penalty minutes. And Pareka is what, like 40. Mm -hmm. and, and, in, and in three fewer games. So that, you know, believe it or not, that does matter. Because they are going to look at it and teams are going to break it down and say, okay, where is he taking these penalties? Are any of them lazy stick penalties? Is it just because he's very aggressive and we like that? I can't give you the answer because I'm not going to be able to watch enough games to know the breakdown of all of his penalties, but I'm going to tell you that teams will look at that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's important too. And especially when the flyers have been saying, you know, they're looking for a, either a top pairing defenseman or an elite second pairing defenseman. Like that's kind of what they're looking at. Yeah. And you know, they've had defensemen who take a lot of penalties Yeah, um, I mean, in the past. And, you know, I think that can be taught. I do. I think like as guys mature, I think they can move away from that element of their game. But some guys also retreat back into it because it's what they know. 
right? Right. So I think Risto is a good example there because he was worse when he got to the Flyers. That first year, he took a few too many. Then he reeled it back. Now he's probably at the point where he's, he's, he's not taking as many bad penalties. But it's taken this long for him and mm-hmm. his career to finally settle into that, right? So, you know, that's what you're looking at with that. I think ultimately with the Flyers, um, you know, Drysdale's not a number one. York's not a number one. Sandheim's really not a number one, but he's going to play the part for a, a, a while now. So unless they somehow luck into a number one, they're going to have a situation even in the future where they're probably going to have like three twos. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and you could survive that way. It's fine. It's not it's not the end of the world. You just have to match them up well. Yeah, and I think if you have a guy who, you know, knows what his path is, right? Yeah. And he knows he has to clean up that aspect of his game early. Um, I, I do think it's possible to make those adjustments and work out the kinks to be able to keep the up the level of scoring. Because, you know, like once he changes his style of game a little bit, the scoring is going to go down a little bit. It's it naturally. Yeah, and I'm including Bonk in that list, too. I think he's, a, you know, a, yeah. a two or a three as well. And, right. and forget the, you know, the the, store, the scoring that he's done lately. He's gotten some extraordinarily lucky, lucky scoring lately, Bonk. <laughs> Um, people realize that's not going to be, you know, going forward a big, a big part of his game. But again, I think they can get by with all this by matching the stronger offensive guy with the stronger defensive guy, even though they may all be twos and threes, you could do it. Yeah, I think so. And, um, I think Pareko would be an interesting addition to this group. Um, it will, it will just, like you said, depend on where the flyers end up and, you know, how the rankings are, are playing out and if the Flyers might have to move up to get them and if that's something they're willing to do. So a lot, a yep. lot of question marks there, but still I think an important guy that's eligible to be able to to know about uh, moving forward. So uh, we'll add him to our list as we continue our ramp up toward next summer's draft. Uh, thanks for listening to today's show. Tomorrow, like I said, we'll have a recap of the Leafs game and we'll talk stadium series. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions you want us to answer, you can send them to us via Twitter at LockedOnFlyers. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day.